0: My name's Lou, and today, I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why, well, why not? And today's what is a delightful reading that we'll be doing from the forums at bluelight.ru. Now, bluelight.ru is a forum, as you may remember, I've read from there before, that is a forum for drug users to come together and share their stories, experiences. Um, it's very much like Drugs Forum, not as specific as Opiophile or well, you know any of these drug forums that are out there. But unlike Drugs Forum, which is very no-nonsense... BlueLight.ru is uh, is a more easygoing forum and allows for threads like the one I'll be reading tonight, which is entitled, The Worst Thing You Have Ever Done. So, this is going to be a very exciting thread. But before we get into the show, I just wanted to uh, apologize that this show, I haven't made an episode for a month, and that is because I was uh, mired deep in the making the live show thing happen, and that always happens, both times. So I get a little preoccupied with uh, stressing out about making the show good, and I slack on the podcast. So I apologize for leaving you in the lurch. Uh, if you're interested in seeing that episode, seeing the live video of the show, um, and uh, you don't go to Facebook or actually go to the blog for the podcast at LouReads.com. I've posted the video there. So yes, the live show was a great success. Um, lots of people came considering the fact that I hardly, uh, you know, marketed it properly. And um, so, you know, enough people came to make me happy and people seemed to enjoy it. And uh, if you watch the video, uh, I actually gave away some t-shirts at the end, um, not in the video, but up at the bar afterwards to people who had come to the show. And I also... Um, gave away lots of posters and things, and um, I will probably be making those posters available uh, to people for extremely reasonable amounts of money. Anyway, let's get into this week's podcast, shall we? So, as I said earlier, we're reading from bluelight.ru, and we're reading from a thread in the subforum blue Light history, subforum Best of blue light, in a thread entitled, Worst Thing You Have Ever Done. And the original post was by Andy the Twig. And the post goes like this. About five years ago, my friend Nikki was married to this chap called Martin. He was a prize-winning phallus. To cut a very long story short, he got her pregnant when she was 17, moved in with her when she got a house on the social because of the child, got into tons of debt in her name, cheated on her, and neglected his daughter, blah, blah. In the end, she moved back to her overcrowded mums with her baby, leaving him in the house with all the stuff they bought on credit. The CSA were being numpties, even in such a cut and dry case. So I decided to pick up the shining needle of vengeance and stitch up this cut. Martin was very into horror movies and fantasy. He would have been into D&D if he had any imagination at all. As it was, the most he could manage were photos of himself cut and pasted into cack-handed fantasy paintings that he downloaded from the internet. Honestly, someone could do better using their anus. He had these pictures on an online profile similar to MySpace. This was my way in. Reinventing myself as an 18-year-old girl called Andrea, I emailed him, expressing my amazement in his art skills. I particularly praised the picture where he had posed standing above a naked elven princess with his arms outstretched as if pouring healing, Martin energy into her. He took the bait better than I could have imagined. I string him along for a couple of weeks while he tried to present himself as a single, rich, 28-year-old, successful real estate agent. He was a sad, lonely 24-year-old, night security guard, at a leisure center. This was loads of fun. With each email he wrote, the lies built and built. I encouraged him at every turn. Asking for advice about my bisexual experiments with my girlfriend, whilst building a collection of his most fantastic fibs and embarrassingly sordid efforts at cybersex. We even exchanged photos. I sent him a couple of pictures of some nubile young madam, not unlike the ones you find on the blue light gallery. He sent me pictures of himself sitting in his daughter's nursery with his half flaccid cock hanging out. By this point, I had achieved what I had set out to do. I had shown him up to be the deceitful perverted shit that he really was, and I had proof that, given the opportunity, he would cheat on his wife giving her absolute grounds for divorce. I should have stopped, but I just couldn't. It was getting to crunch time. How could I keep this going without having to meet him? It wouldn't take long for him to get bored if I didn't. I needed to step up gear or get out. Obviously, I had come this far and spent quite a lot of my precious time... (laughs) And... Obviously, I'd come this far and spent quite a lot of my precious work time on the daily emails and MSN conversations, so I decided to let him make the decision for me. I wrote a long, tragic email to him about how I was actually a 14-year-old girl, and I had been impersonating an older girl to impress him, and that I was really sorry for betraying his trust. It didn't take him long to reply. Far from taking the decent law-abiding path, Martin became even more enthused about having me at his place. It was around this time that I developed an obsession with washing my hands and polishing my computer daily, as though that would get rid of the infected filth it poured out of my fingertips to keep this guy talking. So nothing gave me greater pleasure than to write one final email to Martin explaining the truth of the situation, that I was actually a police officer working with a specialist unit using the internet to entrap pedophiles. The next day, Nikki had to go back to the house to deliver a note from her solicitor. Apparently, there was a pile of computer components scattered around the front garden. As far as I know, he still thinks he's on the sex offenders register and lives in fear of a visit from the pedo squad. As for the photos, well, I'm sure they are drifting around Gadar somewhere. And you, cayads, I once shot an animal and didn't eat the meat or show it respect. Just shot it with a gun for no reason. Felt completely crushed when I realized I killed it for absolutely no reason. It was from then on that I started to become quote-unquote hippie-ish. BTW, it was just a squirrel, but walking over this usually very lifeful creature, which I had stolen from, stolen its life force, I couldn't help but feel its pain. Feel the pain of quote-unquote life, as that animal's entire existence and possibilities were gone because of me. Not saying the thing was going to find a cure for cancer, but it could have done things which... (laughs) Not saying the thing was going to find a cure for cancer, but it could have done things which it no longer could have because I killed it. And in that aspect, everything lost something. I've done stuff, but that was probably the worst, just killing something for no reason. And 74ZK writes, When I was 14, I was walking by this little pond where a group of ducks were floating around. I picked up a rock and skipped it along the water, hoping to hit one. After two failed attempts, the third rock hit a duck hard on the throat. I stood there all sad, watching the duck quack around for about two minutes before it stopped quacking. The other ducks were looking at it, and then I could feel them all stare at me. And I figured this was when God was going to strike me down. And 8L4YN3 writes, or Blaine writes, Once when I was young and loved adrenaline rushes, I was with some friends throwing rocks at cars that were coming on this road but were partially covered by trees. I hurled half a brick and proceeded to hear a windshield shatter and tires screech. Me and my friends legged it like madmen. Please don't chastise me about that. Trust me, I realized how fucked up that was and I never found out if I caused any injuries or just a hefty repair bill. Fuck, how stupid. Another time when I was 17, I took some pictures of my girlfriend fingering herself and whatnot and when she dumped me was my fault anyways. I flipped and went into kind of a revenge mode and emailed the pictures to her father. (laughs) And Drew345 writes, I robbed my best friend's house while I was high on meth to get more meth. He still has no idea, and I feel bad about it because he really is a true friend. Another time, me and my boys were slaying an LSD. My ex-GF wanted two hits for her first trip. I dosed her with five. Needless to say, she freaked, and instead of comforting and helping her, I was drunk and rolling and went out of my way to make her completely uncomfortable. And Mr. Hanky Well, maybe not the worst, but probably not the best either. Years ago, I was coming from a bar, pretty drunk as usual, heading home. Suddenly, I felt the urge to take a dump. I could have easily saved it to home. But instead, I got this magnificent idea to climb on a roof of the next apartment house, like 10 stories high, and do it there. Luck was on my side, but not on the resident who lived below, I might imagine, as I found a small ventilation pipe thing sticking up from the roof. There was a small hat on it, which I removed, and then carefully aimed my grenades in a hole. My luck continued. I hit the target, and the bombs were pretty solid. I had no paper with me. I put the hat back on, climbed down the ladder, didn't fall down and kill myself, and went to bed. Next day, when I suddenly recalled this, I started thinking, maybe it was someone's kitchen ventilation. Let's all hope so. And Geeter D writes, stole from my mother, had sex with a passed out 15-year-old. And Flower Liquor adds, me and my buds used to shit in flush tanks in other people's houses and businesses at parties. But I think the must-fucked thing was telling this girl I had sex with, I had HIV after we did it raw deal because she told me she was pregnant. Brackets, a lie. And Funny Girl writes, Every time my boyfriend did coke, he turned into some porn-obsessed freak who wouldn't give up until he had the quote-unquote happy ending, which never happened. When he was not caught in a blizzard, he was a great guy who never watched porn. Hell, he barely even wanted to have sex. Anyway, I told him if he didn't quit whacking it, he was going to get friction burns. He said, no, I am using lotion. I said, well, you're not supposed to use regular lotion because you can hurt your skin down there because it's more sensitive. He always believed me because I went to nursing school. I knew one weekend that we were going to party, so I took it upon myself to add some food coloring to the lotion, knowing that he would not see it because he would be so paranoid that the lights would be off and all the windows would be covered. So he settles down for his marathon jerking session. He eventually goes to the bathroom, comes back out, and to my disappointment, doesn't say anything. After my feet warm up and I go to bed, he comes in probably after his pay-per-view bill got too high. I heard him talking to himself. He sounded upset. I asked him what was wrong. He said he was going to have to make a doctor's appointment because something was wrong with his dick. I started laughing, but he didn't think it was funny. I finally fessed up. I know it isn't funny to mess with a guy's junk, but I would never do anything that would have really hurt him. And Chaos DDT writes, When I was drunk at a party, I put my dick in a girl's mouth while she was sleeping and took photos. And Omar Little writes, All these people confessing about how they violate girls who are passed out is disgusting to me. These fucks are classic date rapists, or the guy at the party who preys on drunk-slash-passed-out girls. The other stuff is bad enough, but these sexual assault stories make me sick. I hope the Karma police catch up with them in a big way. As for me, I've done a lot of bad things, but one I will mention is... No matter how much I care about slash love a girl I'm dating, I always manage to cheat on them at least once. The last time I did it, she was away at school overseas and I was at a party. There was a girl there who really wanted to fuck me. But we didn't have a condom. So we waited around until someone showed up with one, then proceeded to fuck. And I felt so guilty about it, I stopped in the middle of it and went to take a shower and wash the dirty off me. The most fucked up thing is while waiting for the rubber, I had time to think about what I was doing and still did it. I still feel guilty about this. Not that bad, but wanted to get it off my chest. And You Girl writes, I once had sex with my best friend's boyfriend. He later confessed to her that he had cheated on her, but wouldn't tell her who, so she never found out. Then a few months later, I had a threesome with that same boyfriend of hers and another guy. I also once cheated on my ex after getting off of work in my car, and my ex was calling over and over the whole time. Yipes. Miss Mia Wallace writes, Um, well, when I was 16, I fell in love with this guy I met who was 24. He had been with this girl for about six years and they were engaged. He lived far away and I slept with him while he was visiting for a couple of days. We kept up this six-month long-distance flirting thing and I basically convinced him to break up with his girlfriend. He kept putting it off, but continued to talk to me and say how much he couldn't stand her, but needed some of her money to get enough to move after the six months he decided to move closer to me and charged a bunch of stuff plane tickets and hotels and shit for us to stay in to her credit card when he got here he found out his girlfriend was pregnant i told him i wouldn't speak to him if he talked about his ex and he stopped talking about her he turned out to be a complete asshole big surprise and was abusive. So I got mine in the end, but his girlfriend ended up miscarrying the baby. It makes a bit sick to remember, but I was 16 slash 17 and so in love. I've never tried to break up a relationship since then though. Besides that, the shit I've done to my parents, using their money to buy diet pills, drugs, cigarettes, and lying to them and breaking their hearts makes me sick. And Stone and Rolling 89 ads, the worst thing I've ever done. No one will ever know about that. I'm taking it to the grave. This is the second worst thing I've ever done, though. It was late one night in Bumfuck Nowhere, and my ex-GF at the time, and I were doing whippets and duster like mad because we were desperate to get fucked up. We ended up in the bedroom after a while of this, and she started sucking my dick. Well, I handed her a balloon of nitrous and a can of duster, which she inhaled quickly. I should have known better than to let her put my dick back in her mouth, but I did anyway. Mid-suck, she blacked out, and her jaw clamped down on my cock. I screamed, Ah, fuck, stop, stop, stop! but got absolutely no response. In a rush of panic, I hit her in the head as hard as I fucking could. She immediately came to, started crying, and ran out of the house. I felt pretty bad for a while there, as I always have been very, very against striking a female in any way, shape, or form. Oops, and Jibolt writes, The worst thing I've ever done, in my opinion, was coming that close to hooking up with my best friend's girlfriend, then backing out and becoming best friends with her. Still best fucking friends for life, and I consider the girl a sister to me, but it completely ruined a friendship. I always avoided doing really grimy shit, though. My folk did more than enough of that with me as a witness to permanently fuck my karma up for life. And Charles Ferdinand writes, There are so many things that I can't even pick the worst. One, when I was on clonazepam, I stole a fire extinguisher from my college. It was dark, 8 to 9 p.m. Then I wandered until I found the perfect victim, a girl about 25, and walked past her. And then, in right the moment, I emptied it on her face. Not satisfied yet, I threw the extinguisher to her. Don't know if it hit her, because I say only a white cloud. 2. During a rainy night, the same period I was still on clonazepam, and a blackout, I was alone at home and I stole my dad's gun, Colt M1911. He's a colonel, so there were bullets everywhere from all kinds, so I gathered a few 45 ACP, filled a fresh clip so my dad wouldn't find this clip empty, and I climbed onto the flat roof and started shooting to my neighbor's house. It was rented by a bunch of girls from my college, and scored three hits in a window and front door. Then I shoot a few cars that passed down the street once they were far enough. I'm sure I hit some of them because at least two of them slowed down and then sped away. Then I went down the street and broke all the windshields for my neighbor's three cars. She is about my age. The next day, the federal police wear in my neighbor's house, the one I shoot, and I just calmly proceed to gather the spent cases. Eventually, I knew they assumed it was an ex-boyfriend of one of the girls who was just a junkie. I don't know what they did to him, but I knew one bullet went through the window and passed between the heads of two girls who were studying on a table. The other two bullets just hit furniture in the front door. Three, in the elementary school, I was like ten. I don't know. Me and my friends made fun of a younger, fat, brackets, very fat, kid who had to use suspenders. We even got to the point of hit him every time we saw him, so he had to hide during recesses. Four, I got to open my parents' safe and stole $500 USD. Five, I drank my own urine when I used Lyrica because I found that 98% of it was excreted unchanged in the urine. I used my mom's mug to collect the urine and then put it back as if it was clean. She used it. Six, stole my mom's new scanner and sold it. Seven, stole my dad's medical samples for my personal use. diphenhydramine, chlorphenamine, DXM, benzos, and even some Prozac and Paxil. He stores the meds in two rooms with big shelves. It was like going shopping. 8. During high school, a fat girl who had not eaten in two days collapsed and started convulsing. Hypoglycemia, I think. And me and my friends rejoiced about the fact that, quote unquote, she was going to die and we would have, quote unquote, an idiot less in the school. Of course, she didn't die and the paramedics came and helped her. Nevertheless, she could have died, brackets, at the time I didn't conclude it was just hypoglycemia, and all I did was laughing about it. Actually, she was very kind and sweet girl. We even got mad because she didn't die. Nine, beat the crap out of a boy who was talking to a girl during an English class. I started by throwing a book just in his face. He cried. Ten, beat the crap out of my older brother almost in front of his girl. I was drunk. Eleven, threw bags of garbage to the windows of my school kindergarten with two friends. A young teacher even cried. I was like in fifth grade. There are more things, I'm sure, but I can't remember right now. I don't know how I get to wake up every day like if nothing happened. I got over my remorse every time and managed to go on with my life. Maybe I do need help. Frowny face emoticon. And Coolio adds, Charles Ferdinand. At least you didn't really hurt anyone in those stories. Just scared slash traumatized them or stole from them. And Lee12 writes, I don't think I've ever done anything too bad. Cheated on one of my exes around 30, 40 times over the span of two years. She should just put out. And C.U.N.T. writes, robbed the factory where I used to work when I was about 17. Needed extra cash at the time to pay for drugs. Anyway, while we were robbing the place, I had an urge to take a shit on the... (laughs) Anyway, while we were robbing the place, I had an urge to take a shit in the factory's cafe, so I shit on the floor of the cafe, then pissed in the fridge, which I thought was hilarious. And hydrocodone P K C writes, I've never done anything super horrible to animals or anything like that. I've gotten my dog high and drunk plenty of times, and I think it ate an ecstasy pill off the floor one time. Me and my friends used to steal massive amounts of candy from various stores, then sell it at school. On trash day, we would get everyone's trash cans and make giant pyramids in the street... In middle school, I had a substitute teacher, and I peed in the classroom with a full room of kids. I haven't done anything horrible, just a lot of stupid crap in my younger years. And 0 10 oyo writes, Well, when I was 18, I went into this local hardware shop, got into the back rooms without being seen, hid there until the place closed, then robbed it. Frowny Face Emoticon And d Mop z writes, When I was a freshman in high school, a couple of buds, both friends and, well, buds, smiley face emoticon, and I, shit and pissed in a plastic bag, then went to a bridge that was over a highway. We dropped the bag on a couple that was riding in their Corvette, brackets convertible. Needless to say, it was a direct hit. It's still kind of funny to me, but now that I am older, man, would that have pissed me off if I was in their shoes. And Johnny Poppyseed adds. Well, hmm, I can't decide between two things, so I'll list them both, and one of you can decide for me. One, I was about ten and I caught a frog, put it in a sock, and smashed it with a rock until it oozed out of the sock. I'll never know why I did it. That's the worst thing I've ever done to an animal. I've helped slit a pig's, bracket swine, the farm animal throat before, but that was for eating, so it's okay. And the second thing was apparently edited out, because maybe it was too... Too terrible, and the bold one adds ran over a 91 year old neighbor while nodding on heroin, and no, I'm not proud, and D-I-Ace-T-L-Y-R-O-B writes back in my dope fiend days I did about three bags of heroin. An acquaintance then asked to buy a couple of bags, so what I did was crush up some naproxen and mixed it with some tan colored makeup until it looked like diesel. Then sold it to the kid, and as he was leaving, he's all like. Quote unquote, thanks, man. I just learned how to shoot it, and I was in need of some bags to give it a go with. Thanks a million. DK what happened after that? And Zing adds, When we went river fishing going back a few years, I caught a fish, then kept it on the hook. When I reeled it in, not too far to the right of me on the riverbank, say around 10 meters, was a huge pelican. Me not thinking anything of it, I threw my fish at the pelican still attached to the hook and line. Straight away, the pelican gulped my fish and started to fly off. When it was pretty far away, I started pulling it in, but it started tripping out. Then, as it got closer to the bank around after 10 minutes of trying to reel it in, I felt sorry for it and cut the string, hoping that no one had seen. To my left... There was a family that rocked up, and they must have seen me pulling the bird in with my line. And the look on the family's face was like I'd killed someone. I'm pretty sure they were covering their daughter's eyes. So we packed up and left real quick, and haven't been fishing for a long time. LOL. I felt heap bads after that. Won't do that again. And Chaos 23 adds, When I was strung out on heroin, I did many bad things to many people. My parents seemed to get the brunt of it with my shady behavior. They had already cut me off, changed the locks, and went on vacation in Hawaii for three months. Whilst they were gone, I broke into their house and set up yard sale signs all over the neighborhood. I sold thousands of dollars of their things for around a thousand bucks. There are lots of stories like this one, but for some reason it really sticks out as a real dickhead thing to do. And Equal Observer ads. Nothing too bad this far. Find a lot of the shit you've all done fucking crazy. Going to read it slowly over the next week or so for good measure. The worst thing I've done is having sex with one of my best friend's girlfriends. She was all over me one night at my house. We were both drunk and she was really gagging for it. She dragged me to the bathroom where we fucked and she moaned. I later realized my friend was passed out in the bathroom next door and heard us. We're now best friends and I reckon it could be partially because of this. The girl was a slag and he's better off with his current girlfriend. So it all worked out. Next to that, using my mum's card to buy mephedrone for a few good months. Brackets, she never checks her statement. We'll probably regret it sometime, but those months were some of the best of my life. RIP MEF, despite what you all say XD. And inoxiorites don't even know where to start. There was a morning I went to school after a couple of cans of Polish lager, quite intoxicated as I'd taken 130 milligrams of diazepam the night before. Naturally, I had to urinate but didn't really feel like walking for half a minute, so I sat on the edge of my chair at the back of the room, unzipped, and pissed all over the floor. I'm amazed I never got into any trouble over this as the teacher was in the room and half the class were laughing hysterically. Another class erupted in laughter that day when I was texting under the table and the teacher asked... What have you got in your hands? Smiling emoticon. Mixing benzos and school never really ended well for me. Mm -hmm. Grinning emoticon. And Mavolution writes, Yeah, this thread makes me feel much better about myself. The only thing I've ever really been bad about was cheating on girls who thought they were my girlfriends. Should have just cleared that up first. I stole some bicycles, quite a few for a while, but they weren't anyone's bikes. Like, I would just keep a mental tally of all the bikes in the city and how long they'd been locked up without moving, and if it looked like anyone had rode them. After a month, if they hadn't moved, I clipped them, fixed them, and sold them or gave them to the bike kitchen or friends who needed rides. I guess greed and lust are two of the seven deadly sins. Two out of seven isn't bad. Tripping balls on mushrooms... Me and a friend free-climbed this 80 to 90-foot rock face at the top of Mesa, brackets, we are pretty outdoorsy types, and found like five herds of wild deer up there at like 2 a.m. So being that we were tripping balls, we started persistence hunting like we were fucking cavemen and actually ended up getting a deer tired and scared enough that we were able to run it off the rock face. I feel sort of bad, especially considering I'm a vegetarian. We did eat it, though, and used pretty much every part of it. I still have a bone knife from it. Still poaching, though. I wonder what kind of statute of limitations is on that. I also killed a shark in Puget Sound with just a knife, again, without a permit. As I understand it, the species is on the World Wildlife Fund's quote-unquote red list for seafood, so that I regret more. What is it that the Native Americans say about you taking on the powers of the animals you kill and eat? Yeah, I'd like to believe that. Damn, I'm a pretty bad vegetarian. And Mash Meddler writes... I left my old housemate a leaving present once. The guy was a cunt, just a general, no-good, horrible, arrogant cunt who was a pain in the ass to live with. So he used to have that really expensive, quote-unquote, lower-your-cholesterol type margarine, which he expressly forbade anyone to use. I once had run out, so borrowed a bit. He caught me doing it and went fucking mental like the crazy bastard he was. So... When I moved out, I left him a little leaving present. I got the tub and slid a sharp knife around the outside of the block of margin in the tub, then placed the said block upside down on a plate and skimmed half an inch or so from the bottom of it. Then I took the tub to the toilet and proceeded to take a shit in it. I then replaced the block on top of the shit, put it back in the fridge, left the house, and changed my mobile phone number. He has no idea where I moved, never would see him socially, as he's a boring cunt who never goes out, and on top of it all, guess what he does for a living? He's a policeman. The thought of him one morning wondering what the brown streak in his precious margarine one fills me. <laughs> the thought of him one morning wondering what the brown streak in his precious margarine was fills me with joy. Actually, I think that may be the best thing I've ever done. And finally, we'll leave with this gem From Dark who writes: "Well, I've done so many shitty things that I don't care to mention. But one bad thing I did that is worth mentioning, is one time I flew from Miami to Florida, and I brought a crack pipe brackets, suitcased, and no, I don't mean luggage. Some crack, brackets in my mouth, and they took my lighter but let me keep matches. So I smoked hundreds of dollars worth of crack on my way to the airport, and I couldn't bear to get rid of what I had left, but I had to make the plane. So I'm on the plane, and I get the idea to smoke the rest of my shit on the airplane. I go into the bathroom and smoke my crack with matches. Not easy. The first hit went okay. Blew the smoke down the toilet and flushed. Then I went to take my second hit and I lit the match. Beep, beep, beep. It set off the fucking fire alarm. Two seconds later, bang, 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 bang. Open the door or we're gonna knock it down. Oh, shit. I threw the crack pipe down into the toilet and flushed. Then opened the door. I told the stewardess that I lit the match to soften my eyeliner because I wanted to look good when I landed. She made me be the last person to get off the plane. Said it would be up to the pilot what happened to me. $500 fine and imprisonment maybe. I didn't end up getting in any trouble. I don't know how those people on the airplane believed the eyeliner bit. My eyes were bugging. I was sweaty and tweaked out to hell. But I'm the only person I know who smoked crack hundreds of miles above the earth. And I'll never forget it. Well, that's going to do it for this thread entitled The Worst Thing You've Ever Done from BlueLight.ru I don't know, some of those things, what did you think? Some of those things, eh, there seem like if the worst thing you ever did was something when you were like 12, and yet you are posting on a drugs forum, perhaps you are not going far enough out (laughs) in your worldview to figure out what you have been doing that might be some of the worst things you've done. But then again, hey, maybe you're living the right kind of life if, you know being mean to someone when you were in grade school which is what people do in grade school is the worst thing you've ever done. I don't want to talk about the worst thing I've ever done. It haunts me every day. That's not what this is about. I came to Blue Light to do trip reports, but I ended up refining this more exciting. I will do a trip report very soon, so if you are disappointed. There was a, a trip reports that I did from Blue Light early on, if you want to go back. You have to find it on the blog, I think. I'm, You know, that's one of those things about iTunes is that, for some reason, it only lets me have like 78 files, and we're getting close to ninety. And hopefully then on to 100 podcast files. So uh, if you only see 78, know that you can go to the blog and go back and listen to those, download them, whatever. But they will not be available on iTunes because that's just how it works, apparently. I don't know. I mean, if you want to... I don't know if these are, things are so terrible. If you want to fill the comments part of the blog with uh, or Facebook with terrible things you've done, I would think that was funny. But by no means implicate yourself in any crimes. And I don't want to see any posts with uh, swim in them, if you know what I'm saying. From the Drugs Forum. Yeah. So, as you notice, there's no Adam and Eve at the top of the podcast. Uh, Adam and Eve has ended its sponsorship a little early. Uh, I guess people were not buying enough uh, lubes and jellies creams and films that's how it goes but i appreciate them for sponsoring us for a couple episodes and uh maybe in the future someone will buy something and use the lou reeds code which will still be active i just won't be getting any money out of it but that's why they came back last time was because somebody if you can believe this somebody spent six hundred dollars on uh items from AdamAndEve.com, and and they use lou reeds as the code which is great if in the future you feel like buying something from adam and eve please feel free To use the Lou Reed's code, you'll still get that discount. Oh, but we do have a minor sponsor of the podcast, a new sponsor, which is SmokeWire.com. And SmokeWire is an online head shop. They sell bongs and bubblers. So if you're looking for a tobacco inhalation device, wink, wink, you can go to SmokeWire.com and anything you want there through June 20th. 2012, and you use the code POCA420, you'll get 15% off anything in the store. So if you have your eye on a fancy bong, uh, you can save yourself a little bit of money on the purchase, and it goes for anything in the store. So even if you just want to get yourself a little handpipe or, you know, any any of their accoutrements that they have there in the glass smokeware uh, or anything. So whatever. Anything! Yeah, so uh, I thank smokewire.com for coming on board and uh, sponsoring the show. Um, There's a link on the blog if you want to click through that. Again, I don't make any money from sales of there, but uh, I'm sure they would appreciate it. And I would appreciate it if you support the sponsors of the podcast. And of course, if you're buying anything from Amazon, buy.com, 6pm.com, there are links on loureads.com. If you make any purchases through those links, I will get a tiny portion of that money. And that is always a delight. So I wanted to just make a little note about the live show. I appreciate uh, the people who downloaded the live show audio from iTunes. If you watch the video of the live show, you'll see that in the vet life inspired vignette at the end, there's a, uh, some t shirts that I made. They, one says Nom Nom Doo Doo, and one says I Heart Eating Number Two. And there's actually a kind of funny story I will briefly tell you. When I had to make those shirts for the video, I had to wait it until the last minute and had to, like, the day before, take time out of work and go down to this store in the West Village. That's basically the only business. It's like a hole in the wall. It's smaller than, you know, it's almost smaller than in most people's bathrooms. It's just a, a guy with a hot, you know, shirt press. And you know, I went down there, and I had called, and they're only open like this crazy narrow amount of hours, like you know, five hours in the middle of the day, like from eleven to four or something. So I had to fly down there before they closed. And I'm the only person in there, and I'm telling him I want this I heart Eating Number Two shirt and a nom nom doo doo shirt. And he's like, you know, he's a cool guy about it. And he just started making the shirts. And while he's making, like, laying out the letters, these two, like, young Latin guys come in. And they were like, you know, oh, we called about having those shirts made. And he's like, oh, okay, I'm just making this shirt right now. So I had to, like, sit through the laborious torture of watching this guy, like, neatly line up the words with a um, a ruler and press the, <laughs> press the shirt. And it was like... He holds up the shirt, and he's like, Th- I can say this is the first time I've ever made a shirt that said this. And I had to like look over, and these two Latin guys were like looking at me like, What the fuck? <laughs> Why do you have a shirt? This is Nom Nom Doo Doo. But instead, they were just like, You brave. Damn. <laughs> and then they made the Nom Nom Doo Doo shirt, to which the, uh, the, you know, the store owner was like, I- "This is This shirt would sell. And uh, I ended up just giving those shirts away, to people who gave the show, because otherwise, I mean, they're shirts that uh, no sane person would wear. But, uh, you know, I mean, it was funny. I, that was like, I spent $75 on a gag that was like on the video for like less than 10 seconds. But that's my dedication to the craft. Anyway, thanks for everyone who uh, couldn't make it to the show, who watched the video or downloaded the, the podcast, or the live show. You know, if, if you have an event that you, you're like, you know, I have a festival coming up. I would like Lou Reed's to come and do a live thing here. I would be happy to entertain the thought of traveling to your venue or conference or whatever to, uh, I mean, I'm sure not a conference. I mean, like not a real estate conference or something like that. But, you know, like a convention or a comedy gathering where you might have a uh, half an hour slot for something stupid to go up on stage and people can come and be grossed out. And we discuss and laugh at other people's stupidity. Why not? You do it in your headphones. Why not share the love with people who aren't expecting something like this? Anyway, just a thought. What else? What else? I'm running low on magnets. So if you have a magnet desire, now's the time to ask. Um, I've sent a lot of magnets out to Canada lately. Nova Scotia, maybe? Anyway, don't be afraid to ask me for magnets if you live out of the United States Uh, I don't mind sending them. And remember, if you want to ask me to record something for you, I'll be happy to do it. I just did a uh, Juggalo-related birthday recording for a fan, and, uh, you know, it was fun to do. I'll probably post that audio as an extra on this episode, so be sure to check out the blog posting, and I'll add it in as a little tin deck file to listen to on your own. You know, what's interesting is that those files often have a lot of listens, and they're very short. Yeah, so I'll add it. I will add that uh, birthday message, minus the special birthday uh, message that I added to it because that's just between me and, uh, and Rob. What do you think about that? A little special between me and you. Anyway. Uh, all right. Once again, I want to thank everyone who rates the show on iTunes. Be sure that, uh, you know, if you, if you get the podcast through Stitcher, rate it on Stitcher. Talk about it in a tweet. Uh, I know that this kind of material is not everyone's cup of tea, but, you know, there's always more people out there who need exposure, especially young folk. <laughs> Play it at your church convocations and whatnot. No, but seriously, if you, uh, you know, every little bit of review that you guys give the show is great. I really appreciate it when I see the new reviews on uh, on iTunes. I get, like, a weekly email from Stitcher saying, like, these podcasts are great, and it's always the same little clutch of like top 20 podcasts that you hear about and i'm always like how about giving a show that is never gonna be <laughs> in your top 10 a boost why not anyway and quickly i want to thank the owner of hungry pokemon forum who left a nice little comment on the hungry pokemon forum blog post he heard it listened to the episode and thought it was fair which is the best compliment you know sometimes I get a little condescending about these things but uh who wouldn't there's a lot of really dumb stuff out there Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Lou Reads the Internet for You. My name's Lou. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.